everyone, this is episode 5 in How to Be an Urban Camper. Uh, my name is Claude 2 and in this episode we're going to be talking about food. How to get food when you're an urban camper. Controversy alert. This episode is going to mention thievery. So if thievery and stealing offends you, then do not listen to all of this episode. So, in previous episodes, we've talked about why you might want to be an urban camper. We've talked about how to find shelter, how to upkeep your personal hygiene, how to organize all of your stuff. And then in this episode, we'll be covering um, how to find food for yourself. Jumping right into it, a couple of different ways to, to find food. Uh, one would be purchasing it. You Yes, for, you can purchase food at stores, at grocery stores um, primarily, and and restaurants. Now, obviously, this is assuming that you're urban camping for fun and pleasure and profit rather than for uh, out of necessity because you're broke or something like that. If you're urban camping and you're gainfully employed, um, and again, uh, if you are urban camping and you're employed, you may find that part-time employment is plenty to make ends meet and still have enough left over to treat yourself to meals out at restaurants and things like that uh, on a regular basis. That's kind of an upside of urban camping is that the money that you're making goes directly back to you uh, and you can spend it in any way or save it in any way that you want. And that's, I mean, not every time, but the, the, the more recent times that I've been urban camping, that's exactly what I've done. Uh, I kind of forsook going out to grocery stores and I would just, um, I would buy a lot of my food from either like a small marketplace or from just a restaurant, like a, you know, coffee and bagel for breakfast, um, some kind of sandwich or, or wrap or vegan meal from like this little vegan cafe that, that I, I know of. I, I, you kind of, and I only eat about twice a day, so that was it for me. So you, you kind of, you can be a little bit more, I, I don't know, I consider that extravagant because previously I didn't really eat out that much. It was very much a lot of cooking for myself. That's kind of cool, kind of fun. It does get old after a while, to be honest, but the vegan cafe that I found, actually, that that doesn't get old because that's really good food and really healthy food. But if you're not around really good restaurants that are also affordable, because, I mean, it's kind of wasteful to just go to, like, a really nice restaurant all the time. I don't even know what I would do in a really nice, nice restaurant, to be honest. So, yeah, I just kind of went to normal places, but places that served really good food. So... Point being, that gets a little bit old after a while, but it can be done if you're urban camping and you're employed. Now, I obviously started out with that one because that's kind of the easiest one. So let's work our way back from that. That's um, that's the luxury of being employed and having money for, for restaurants. Another way of doing it, and this, is, uh, this I've done twice now, uh, urban camping and getting a job very intentionally, mind you, uh, that is very food-centric, meaning that you work in a kitchen. Yes or a restaurant. Those places, they have food all over the place. And typically, not always, mind you, but typically, they're totally fine with you eating food while at work. Now, I say not always because there are some completely fascist restaurant owners who completely just don't want you to eat their food and and they they think that if you even look at a, a dish and 
and imagine um, some food on it. They they think you're stealing from their bottom line, and they won't allow it. I personally would not work there myself, but you know, if you do need a job or something, that might be where you're at. But I I found jobs that were completely fine with me eating uh, food on the job. More recently, a really great job, um, and I could eat as much food as I wanted. And in fact, uh, the, the the owner or the manager rather was sending me home with fresh fruit all the time. Uh, He would just always make sure that I had a lot of food, partly because he's a nice guy, and partly, I think, because the food would go bad after a while anyway, so uh, someone might as well take it and eat it. So that was really cool. His name was Greg, actually. Good guy, Greg was. That's cool. Now, the other other place that I worked was actually a bagel place, and they, they were okay with you eating. I think you got, like, one meal per six-hour shift or something stupid like that. I don't ever listen to them when they say that. I just eat what I want anyway. That's just stupid, I think. But And, and if, you, if you're if you closing up, you know, if you have the, that last shift, um, there's generally stuff that you're going to throw out, so you can just throw that right into your own little plate and eat for free. So that's a really good way of getting free food, is, is working in a place that serves food. That's a great way to, to feed yourself. Um, now, there are also ways of finding free food um, in in w- without getting a, a food-centric job. One place, of course, every Sunday, if you go to a Krishna temple, you get free food. That's all there is to it. Uh, there was one on a Krishna uh place on, uh, it, it was near, like, Venice Beach in, in L.A., where I used to live for a little while, and, um, yeah, free food every Sunday. So you, you go there for their little, uh, their little worship thing, and you eat, and it's great. The, the Christian churches don't seem to be that big on, on serving food for some reason, but if you keep an eye out for, for, for events, and, and sometimes they have them posted on the signs outside of the church. Sometimes you have to kind of really, you have to go there and, and, and get one of their pamphlets and, and see what they've got going on in the next month or whatever. Uh, and you can sometimes find events where they're doing like a potluck. They're really big on potlucks. Unfortunately, potlucks a lot of times tend to not be very vegetarian friendly uh, still. So if if you're me... Uh, that might not work, or if you're vegetarian, that might not work. So they're they're not quite as good for the free food, but but other community events do exist. And again, the the gym that I was a member of actually had, um, well, still am a member of, I guess. They have a lot of community events, and and so if you show up on on the right night, or if you keep an eye on the bulletin board and and know when to show up exactly, then you might find that free food is is right there and and you just kind of integrate yourself with the crowd. I mean, I honestly have no clue as to what these events are. I honestly have no idea. But I do know that I'm let's just say I'm fairly unique at those events, but no one really asks questions. I mean, as long as you're friendly, and I guess that's part of the whole social engineering thing. Uh, as long as you're friendly and 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 talk to people and and are just nice, they don't really mind that you show up to their events. Now, I'm not going to say that that will always work. I mean, there might be an event where you try to show up and they ask why you're there and who you are and, you know, stuff like that. But that's never happened to me. Never, ever, ever. So I, I think that if if you can, if, if if it's posted on a bulletin board or if it's in a, a paper, a city paper or something, then you can pretty much show up and, and get food and, and no one has a problem with it. Sometimes, and this is much more of a gamble. Uh, there are volunteer things that you can do and also get fed. Um, in an ideal world, I think, when you volunteer for 
some activity, uh, you know, you're doing free work. I think they would also feed you. Um, and and in the film world, that's that's generally the the rule of thumb. I mean, if if you've got people working on your film, even when you're paying them, you make sure that you feed them. Uh, and if you're not paying them, you really make sure you feed them quite well. And that typically gets a lot of, well, the cliche is starving artists, right? So that gets them uh, on your set, mainly for the free food, but they work as well. So um, and, and that would be great. And so I'm saying that you could volunteer on things because in theory that there is free food to be had at, at volunteer events. I have found that that does not always hold true to the point that I have kind of given up on that tactic. I do not really bother with that so much. I almost don't recommend that. But if you find out of a good organization that also happens to be good about feeding you if you volunteer to work for them at some point, then, hey, go for it. A far more reliable thing are art openings. Art gallery, art openings, things like that, they always have food because they want a crowd. They want people to come to their art opening and enjoy themselves. They eat a lot. It's great. The openings are usually free because they want you to go there and create a crowd and make it look really popular. If you go to an art opening, you're probably going to be well-fed. Keep that in mind and hunt them down. Um, the added bonus there is that you get to appreciate a lot of typically cool art. It's really fun to go to art openings or art shows. I don't know if you've ever been, but um, it's it's really cool. And and if you've never been, it's it's not a it's not nearly as pretentious as you might imagine. At least the ones that I always go to. They're very sort of down to earth. There are some people there that are probably in a completely different social class than I am, but. Um, that's okay. They don't seem to really be bothered that I'm there, and I'm not really bothered that they're there. And and it, the art openings that I've gone to have really always been a very mixed crowd. So that's um that's kind of cool. And and like I say, there's there's free food, and it's it's highly enjoyable, really really enjoyable. So I, I try to go as many to as many as I can, really, for both the social aspect and the art aspect, as well as the uh, the free food. So check that out for sure. That will get you free food, almost guaranteed. I can almost guarantee that if you go to an art opening, you're going to be fed. Another way of getting free food is the kind of popular now uh, dumpster diving tradition. I remember in some New York papers somewhere, I think it was probably the Village Voice, they they did this article. You know what? I don't think it was the Village Voice. I think it was like something even more popular than that. I mean, something very mainstream. But there was this article about dumpster diving, about how people would go and find food that was perfectly acceptable to eat, um, literally in dumpsters, and they would take it home and they would eat that food. And if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense because um, the food is is very frequently thrown away in in bags dedicated to just food trash. I shouldn't even say trash. You know, it's dedicated to food that is being thrown out. So very near expiration date vegetables or bread loaves or whatever. So they're typically together in in one single or two bags and, and there's no other trash in there. It's just that, quote, trash that they decided that was going to expire and that they needed to get rid of. So that's those are really good finds. Typically, you're going to find those in the backs of grocery stores and places like that. You're not going to just find it out in any random dumpster. Of course, a dumpster behind a bagel store might render a trash bag full of bagels. And that was a very, very common thing on film shoots uh, to do, is is find the, the bagels that were going to be thrown out and, and 
take them to your film shoot for breakfast the next morning because, like I say, you need to feed the people working on your film. So very common places to find good food for free. Now, dumpster diving itself sounds like you're, well, diving into a dumpster. And, well, first of all, crawling into a dumpster is never really a great idea because you don't know what kind of trash is in there, um, and you probably shouldn't go uh, un you know, you should go in well guarded if you're going to literally just look around in the in the dumpster. What I've done uh, is never that. I, I tend to, my brand of dumpster diving is to intercept the trash on the way to the dumpster. That's close enough to dumpster diving to me uh, to make it perfectly hardcore and yet a lot more palatable. My, my people have a saying, and that is, a friend of a grocer never goes hungry. Actually, I just made that up, but I thought it sounded folksy and profound. But anyway, this basically means making friends with the people at your local grocery store or uh, small grocery stores, even better usually. For me, it's Trader Joe's is the the chain of of little semi-healthy, semi-vegetarian-esque kind of grocer. Um, that's a good saying. And so if you make friends with these people who, who work at the grocery store, then or alternately just work there, but that, that was under that old classification. Um, so you make friends with people who work there, and on their way out to the dumpster, and you're hanging out in the on the loading dock, uh, they see you, and you say, hey, what do you got? And they say, well, I got this and this and this, and they give it to you, and voila, you've just dumpster dove without having to ever go near a dumpster and never having to actually dive. So that's a really great way to do it. It takes a little bit of social skill. Again, I would call it social engineering. I realize that a lot of people classify social engineering as getting someone to do something that they don't want to do, but I don't think that's correct. Uh, I think that you can also just, I mean, befriending people because you know that they might be able to bring you free food. Um, yes, that is social engineering. It's also just being friendly um, and and very pragmatic because obviously if that food is going to be thrown away, you may as well uh, take it. And here is where we get into the gray area and the big controversy uh, of, of theft. So the food, while in the store, is apparently worth $5 a pound. And then once it gets taken by an employee outside of the back door, it has to be the back door apparently, uh, toward the, the, the dumpster, then it automatically goes down in value to $0. That is kind of absurd, and I think that food is a right just like I think shelter is a right. I do not believe either of those things should be ever considered to be privileges. I don't think they should be things that we as modern human beings need to struggle for. I think that we've reached a point in our development as a species uh, that we can actually provide food and shelter for each and every person uh, in the immediate area. And by the immediate area, I mean certainly in this country because we're a very, very rich country. And I think that if we dedicated our time and effort to making sure that people had what they needed to have to live a healthy and um, happy life, then I think everyone in the country would be a lot healthier and a lot happier. So, and I realize that sounds kind of ridiculous, but I'm saying that we dedicate a lot of time and effort to making sure that people are making a lot of money uh, and are running businesses um, and stuff, but we don't seem to ever dedicate that amount of effort. I mean, and that that amount of ingenuity to just the basics, to making sure that people are happy and healthy. The crime rate would go 
so far down it would be mind-boggling. I, I believe that these things are rights. I believe that grocery stores essentially are a product of the capitalistic system that we are all playing by for some inexplicable reason because it doesn't seem to really help that many people. It seems to really kind of oppress uh, most people. So I'm, I'm really not sure what that's all about. But the the, the idea that, that this loaf of bread that you're going to take from the um, bread bin out to the dumpster just gets knocked down in value the moment you cross the threshold of the back door toward the dumpster, um, that seems awfully strange to me. So I've always felt that if you're hungry and that if you go into a grocery store, um, that you may as well just take whatever you want. Um, I'm not saying be extravagant, although I'm not saying not to be extravagant, uh, although not being extravagant help uh, not getting caught, so you might want to take that into consideration. But... Um, just taking the food that you need, that you know that you require to get through the rest of that day, um, I've got no problem with that. I know a lot of people who have no problem with that. I don't think that it's stealing from farmers. I don't think it's stealing from laborers. I think it's stealing from the lining of the pockets of the owner of that probably very major uh, grocery chain that you've just walked into. And frankly, I think they're probably all doing just fine. I don't think it's going to hurt them that much. Um, so, a couple of things about stealing food uh, and clothes and other essential items. It's very dangerous. Um, it's not a very popular idea that it's acceptable. So, it's one of those things that you should probably do infrequently and with great care. And by infrequently, I mean if you can find any other way of getting food and or clothes or whatever you need, then I would opt for that because the risk in stealing is very, very, very great. I'm simply saying philosophically, I completely agree with it. I'm not saying that in practice, it's the greatest idea ever uh, because there are two groups of people that you're going to want to watch out for. One group of people are the police. They are hired by a government to make sure that people do not steal things, among other things. But that's that's one of their main things. So you have to really watch out for them. And the other group of, of people that you need to watch out for are, are vigilantes. And I don't mean vigilantes in bat costumes or anything like that. I just mean like the aver average board person walking through the parking lot or whatever who sees you walking out with something that you didn't pay for or sees uh, a manager yelling after you because you almost got caught by the store management, which would be a very bad thing, and suddenly decides to be the hero and tackle you to the and pull you to the ground and, and, and make sure that you are apprehended. So when you're stealing things, just there's not a single soul on your side. No one wants to agree uh, that you had a right to do that. No one will agree. No one's going to help you. You're on your own. It's really a really, really risky thing to do. Just FYI. If you're going to steal, you need to make sure that you're aware of a lot of different things. You need to be very well versed on security systems in stores. You need to know if cameras are present. You have to assume that if a camera is present, it is on. You need to assume that if they get a still frame of you uh, appearing to place 
something in your backpack or your pocket, then that's going to be evidence enough for them to sue you, uh, take you to court, whatever. You need to know about the different kinds of sensors at the store uh, doorways uh, or or wherever they might be. Sometimes they're in front of the cash register or at, rather at the end of the um, cash register line. So be aware of those things. You need to really get well-versed in all that stuff. If, if you're stealing not food but clothes, then you also would probably want to start getting really well-versed in all the different ways that they have of tagging clothes with anti-theft devices. So there are just so many wonderful ways to really get yourself into trouble if you if you go around stealing. Even though I fully, completely agree with the idea of stealing, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I think it's a great example of how society is completely capitalizing on the essentials uh, that people absolutely need. You know, food, clothing, and, and shelter. Making away with these things for free is is kind of nice, but it's just really, really dangerous. And I can't overstate how serious people are about catching people who who steal and and really running them through just all kinds of legal processes. They they are not kidding about it. You're messing with their money essentially. And if you know a human being and their attachment with money, then you know how angry they're going to get. They are absolutely furious if you steal and they see you stealing. Um, they will try to apprehend you. They will manhandle you. Even if their store insurance policy says that they're supposed to let you go, they will absolutely try to tackle you. They will yell at you. They will accuse you. Uh, they will call the police. The police will side on the business owner's side. Uh, there's just no way around it. You're, you're, you're screwed if you get caught. So don't don't get caught or don't do it. Um, there are lots of other ways to get the things that you need for either really, really cheap or for free. So this would be an absolute last resort. Yeah, that's about all I've got to say about stealing. Um, and that's about all I think I've got on the whole food issue. Aside from the, the very good idea of barter. So barter is... Bartering would be an activity where you where you might get food in exchange for, for something else. So if you've got a talent and someone else has a, a love for cooking, then you might find that you could really help each other. So if you've got computer lessons to some for, for someone who needs who just loves to cook and, and loves to feed people. I mean there are people like that who really that's their art, that's their passion. And so they will they will they would love to feed people. Um, and a lot of times if, if if it's a single person or just two people, then cooking for themselves, adding one person to that that group isn't really that big of a deal. So you can you can barter with them and say, Hey, you know, for a meal I will teach you um you know, how to use the internets or something like that. And you can get some free food that way too. As has been often the case, I guess, in this whole mini-series, a mixture of all the different ideas that I'm presenting here is kind of ultimately the way to make it work best. So I wouldn't say to simply try to barter all the time for food because I don't think you're going to be eating all that often if you do that. But a little bit of dumpster diving mixed in with um, a little bit of bartering mixed in with some free meals here and there from different establishments mixed in with, with some purchased food, that kind of thing. That might be the way to really make food easier to come by without a whole lot of money. And then, of course, if you've got money, you're kind of set and you can either buy the food from a grocery store or you can just go to restaurants and eat food uh, there. So I hope this has helped and been informative. Uh, and next time we'll talk about money, actually, getting money as an urban camper. Um, stay tuned for that.
Johnny Jones was the first class private in the army last year. Now he's back to business in his father's place. Sunday night I saw him with a smiling face. When I asked him why he felt so happy, Johnny chuckled with me. I've got the guy who used to be my captain working for me. He wanted work, so I made him a clerk in my father's factory. And by and by, I'm going to have him wrapped in work. Up to his brow, I make him open the office every morning at eight. <laughs> then I come around about four hours late. Everything comes to those who wait. I've got my captain working for me now. He's not worth what I have to pay him. But I'll never complain. I've agreed to give him fifty dollars per. It's worth twice as much to hear him call me sir. While I sit in my cozy little office, he's outside working hard. Out in the hall, at my beck and call, with a feather duster standing on guard. I've got the guy. I've got the guy who used to be my captain. Working for me. He wanted work, so I made him a clerk in my father's factory. And by and by, I'm gonna have him wrapped in work up to his brow. When I come into the office, he gets up on his feet. Stands at attention and gives me his feet. Who was it said? Revenge is sweet. I've got my captain working for me now. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio, sponsored in part by Caro.net. So head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.